0: Thank you for tuning in to the Once An Athlete podcast hosted by Emily Watson. Once an athlete, always an athlete. Once An Athlete provides resources and relatable content for athletes that are either competing or no longer competes. This is also a resource for parents of athletes to help know how to support them. Anywhere from how to stay healthy physically and mentally to how to make a career choice, we will provide the support. Our mission is to provide resources and relatable content for athletes who compete or used to compete. Okay, I have Cooper Woolgamoth here, and he played baseball, and he is from Portland, Oregon. He went to um, a few colleges, so he will be telling us about that. Um, He currently is working at Costco, recently promoted to department manager. In his free time, he loves to do outdoor activities, Um, He has a brand new truck specifically outfitted for camping, which he goes backcountry camping every weekend. Every day, he does something outside, such as kayaking, fishing, hiking, and in the winter, snowboarding. Um, So thank you, Cooper, for being on this podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So um, we talked a little bit before this, and you told me you quit baseball for about a month and a half. So what made you come back to the sport?
1: Absolutely. Um, I was in the middle of my sophomore year, and I ended up coming back because I just felt like I wasn't done. Um, I kind of had based my sole identity, especially being an athlete, um, but specifically within baseball. Um, I was living in a house with nine of my previous teammates, and they had just kind of started practice, and I was kind of feeling a little bit down in the dumps I uh didn't I wasn't doing anything on a daily basis I was kind of finishing class and just didn't really kind of know who I was or what I was doing and and an opportunity arose and I kind of jumped on it right at the first second
0: yeah that definitely makes a lot of sense and like the ability to come back is really awesome for you to come back. And, um, so to what you just mentioned. So, um, your story is super unique with the schools that you went to and you plan to go to. And so what was your journey like with going to your three different schools?
1: Absolutely. Um, I left high school as kind of a, a high performing student. And I knew that I wanted to have that kind of balance between, you know, a high academic program and, the opportunity to play baseball at a competitive level so i went out of high school and committed to george fox university which was a division three school just about 45 minutes south of my house in my home where i grew up and we were ranked 14th when i committed uh entered that freshman season kind of maintaining those top 25 rankings um and i wasn't really playing at all um i kind, kind of expected to kind of jump in and and play, um, a little bit naive of me to, to think that. Um, but regardless, I kind of walked in there really, really confident, uh, played at a really competitive club program out of the Northwest, um, had a bit of playing with a lot of guys that were, you know, going Pac-12. And I didn't necessarily have a ton of success. Like, I wasn't, you know, blowing the ball out of the yard. But I felt like I was competitive and uh, kind of was shocked to have a – A very humbling experience in my freshman season not really getting it at at. Um, and so that kind of put me back on my on my heels for a little bit and kind of you know put my nose down and kept working really hard and came back into that fall kind of ready to go thinking that you know I had the opportunity to play in the outfield because they had uh, transitioned me from catching to the outfield and just left the fall with, without really the confidence that I was going to be able to see the field again for my sophomore season. And I ended up, well, so to backtrack a little bit, uh, at George Fox, I was in the honors college, um, and we were a sister program with Oxford. So I had the opportunity to study abroad and I kind of sat back and was, uh, you know, I had a really rough experience, not playing at all. And my, my dad and I, who had coached me growing up, we sat down for a long time after my last fall ball game. And I kind of told him like, dude, I don't, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I want to play anymore. You know, this is bringing me so much stress. It's, it's kind of overwhelming me. And so I sat down with my coaches and I mean, to be frank, I bawled my eyes out in their office, like telling him that I was done and it, It was, I don't know if it was a decision that I was like fully prepared to make at that point being, you know, 19 years old. Yeah. Um. So I ended up, you know, kind of stepping away, Um. took about a month and a half, kind of sat in this house over winter break and just wasn't really feeling like myself. I felt like a kind of part of me wasn't, wasn't there. So ended up my my great grandma passed away my uh my girlfriend dumped me um as funny as that is and then the season started and I was just like completely flattened like I had no idea what I was doing it's
0: like a bunch of events all happen at once
1: oh yeah like literally within the same week (laughs) so (laughs) gosh yeah so I was sitting there in class and I uh I got a phone call from uh Jim Hopple who was the head coach at Clackamas Community College which was you know, not 30 minutes away from my house in Newburgh where uh, George Fox was. And he told me that he had his catcher that tore his ACL and another catcher tore his UCL. And he was like, I'm prepared to offer you a scholarship and you're going to play every day. And I was in the middle of class when I got the phone call. I walked back in, I picked up my bag and I went straight to the registrar's office and I unenrolled myself and then drove straight to Clackamas and wrote down, signed my scholarship papers and went to practice the next day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So basically,
0: the idea of going to Oxford lasted, what, like a month?
1: Yeah. Yeah. About a month okay. and a half. It, okay. was, it was a very short-lived, uh, short-lived idea. Um,
0: <laughs> but was, you, you knew you needed to do something else and it kind of set you up for the n- next opportunity, really.
1: Absolutely. It really did. Yeah. So I knew that I had used a year of eligibility at George Fox. Um, I pinch ran in a few games, which uh, cost me my eligibility for a year. And they don't often do redshirt years in, at the Division three level because they don't have scholarships. Um, so I ended up playing that sophomore season. I probably had um, the best like complete season that I had had. Um, I hit probably 270. Um, just the most consistent baseball that I had played over a full season um, and ended up getting a couple like walk on, try out offers, you know, just interest to just kind of be a part of a team. Um, so I ended up telling Dayton that I was going to come and try out, walk on, you know, be a bullpen catcher, do kind of whatever they needed me to do. Um, and did that, uh, com- you know, verbally committed that I was going to come try out and try to be a part of that group a week before my graduation at my junior college and so I you know ended up applying for graduation and I got an email while I was in practice we were taking BP and so I was you know putting music on my phone and I get an email that said that I wasn't eligible for graduation and I was like I'm sorry what because like at this point I had been you know a pretty high performing student I was a but somewhere around junior standing at George Fox when I transferred. And so I had no clue that I was not close to graduating um, from a junior college and getting my associate's degree. Right. So I ran, I you know grabbed my coach and I was like, I got to go. Like I got to go into the registrar's office like now. And he was like, what? So I run into the school. Um, we sit down, we kind of figure out I'm literally in baseball pants. <laughs> um, and they basically said that none of my transcripts had been received. And this is the first that they were hearing about it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I sit down. I log into all my stuff. I, I send over all my transcripts from, you know, my AP classes in high school, a couple of college credits that I took at PCC, University of Portland, and then obviously all the credits that I took at George Fox. And uh, four of the registrar ladies rush reviewed all my transcripts, and they put me 70 credits away from graduating from my associate's degree, which is effectively like two to three quarters was um, ridiculous. Yeah, it was it was wildly overwhelming. Like, and I was supposed to graduate in a week and be done. Like we had one more weekend series. So I was just thrown apart. So I, you know, our um our athletic advisor um for Clackamas sits me down and she's like, Okay, you're gonna have to redshirt, call the universities and see if they'll if they'll let you redshirt. And I was like, Okay, okay, I can do that. So I called Dayton. Um and he's like, "Yeah, dude. Like, we can't take a redshirt junior. Like, you've got a redshirt at your community college." And I was like, "That, like, I can't because I'm a soft. Like, I've I've used my sophomore eligibility. Like, they can't redshirt me as a junior." And he's like, "Man, there's there's not really much I can do. Like, I'm sorry." Um, and so I was like, "Okay, so on to the next one." So I call, you know, the seven or so walk on offers that I had, and they all said the same exact thing. They were like, you know, due to title nine issues, we have to have the same number of male and female athletes on the, on the roster. Um, and as a red shirt um, student athlete, like we can't add additional, additional athletes. Yeah. Um. So that was a whole wrench in the plan. That one kind of threw me for a loop. Right. Um, so it opens up the door for NAI ball, <laughs> which,
0: yeah.
1: you know, I had two offers and I, I, I had honestly told them like, you know, I'm not necessarily interested. It doesn't, really sound like you know the fun uh, atmosphere that i want to be in i was kind of ready to you know i had the eyes set on playing division one baseball or like being a part of it and yeah you know um for what that is it doesn't really mean much looking back on it uh, but i had my heart set on it so why right. not try to push for it right
0: and then um so then whenever you transfer to your third school yes <laughs> um you I remember you told me you had the same problem with graduation
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so I I ran into some issues so I ended up when I transferred to my last school which was Shawnee State in Ohio played in the Mid-South Conference um I ended up gaining back some of the credits that I had lost so I was back on track for for graduation well that's good yes absolutely (laughs) So I just, you know, plugged away, took some classes, uh, started to kind of, I cut one of my minors. I originally had three minors, um, so I cut it down to two, a little more realistic. <laughs> um, and then just, you know, plugged away, played some baseball, and, and then uh, COVID hit, and uh, we kind of got our season cut short. So I ended up finishing up my junior season online back home. Um, We got cut short, I believe, the second week of league or conference, I guess. Um, So, yeah, then I I went home back to Portland and, you know, I on the drive home, I think I drove home from Ohio, which is about a 36 hour drive. I think I made it in two calendar days. Um, And on the way home, I called called the boss at Costco that I worked for in college, like during the summers. And uh, and he got me a job, so I just started working. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that was pretty that's pretty much where it. I landed.
0: Yeah, that's and that that should be anyone who's listening to this. Like, if parents like keep in mind for your kids if they're doing, um, like a junior college college classes to like get ahead in school. Keep in mind because that's something I didn't realize. Is I took some classes at my high school for college credits, and only like half of them really transferred over to my college. And it really depends on what school you go to with the transferring. Cause not every school accepts all the credits. So Absolutely.
1: there's so many of them. There's so many like weird ones. Like a lot of my like George Fox credits, they wouldn't transfer to the Oregon state schools, but they transferred to Ohio state schools, which was a little perplexing, but
0: yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah so, um, anyway, that goes back into my next question is, um, what made you decide to go into working instead of finishing
1: your degree? Absolutely. So I, um, I've answered the last three questions you've asked with. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to change that for the next one, (laughs) but (laughs)
0: that's okay. We're, we're being, um, enthusiastic.
1: Yes, uh, that is 100% me. (laughs) Um, the, uh, so I started to kind of plug away. I'm, uh, I'm not so big on numbers. Uh, my degree was in, or the degree that I'm pursuing, I'm still uh, waiting to go back on that. I've got about 30 credits left. Um, The degree that I was pursuing is a degree in political science with a double minor in philosophy and history. And so numbers aren't necessarily my strong suit, but the ones that made the most sense um, were kind of like financial reasons. So I was slated to be a professor. That's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, And I kind of, plugged some numbers away for salaries and I realized that most professors don't get tenured for about you know five to ten years. And before you're tenured, you're making, you know, somewhere around twenty to forty thousand dollars a year. And you're living in on campus housing and you're just kind of contracted out by semesters. So it was a really hazy future that wasn't really set. Um And the uh, I had a grad student program that I was supposed to be going to um, along with the publication to Penn. The publication was a co-authorship with one of my professors at Shawnee State. And we were basically slated to go to grad school there. And so when COVID hit, they cut the funding to it, which was another kind of blow to my my future plans. Yeah. And so I right around the fall of you know when I was supposed to be going back. It was still kind of peak pandemic. Um, we were, you know, Portland was hit really hard as we were a rural district or uh, an urban district. And my parents, my mom and my stepdad um, and my dad, they all kind of were like, you know, we don't know if you should drive back across the country in this and be, you know, 2,500 miles away from home. And you know, continue going to school. Why don't you just go to Portland state and keep working? And I ended up getting trained for a a promotion at the time, uh, into my first kind of step into management, which is a supervisor role at Costco. And I was already making like, you know, livable wages. And I kind of had that realization that, you know, I could, I could make a good amount of money and kind of sustain for myself doing this. Whereas like if I went back to school and kind of pursued what I what I love and enjoy, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to struggle in the real world. And, you know, looking back on it now, like gas is what five, five fifty a gallon in Portland. Like Douglas <laughs> here in San Diego it's $6 and 25 cents. Yeah. So better than <laughs> that. <there. laughs> yeah. I'd be, I'd be walking and biking to, uh, to my job. Um, so I, uh, I kind of took some, took some time to realize that like, you know, what I want to do in my free time now, um, kind of requires money. And, uh, if I ever want to not eat, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the rest of my life, yeah, I might want to make this decision. So, yeah.
0: And that's the tough thing of deciding between passion and money, which I have some friends that, you know, go through that same thing. Like, do I want to do what I have been trained to do or come up with this, Um, really awesome opportunity in front of me that will give me more money. Right. It seems like you've had a lot of opportunities that like random opportunities come up in front of you. Yeah. So uh, you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but would you go back to school to pursue a career that required different training if you could?
1: You know, I don't, I don't think I would. Um, I really, I really enjoy what I learned. And I'm still learning. I have a I have a real big itch for for reading, um, especially reading philosophy. Uh, That's kind of the root of why I studied politics. Is you know I love engaging with how people act the way that they do and how they organize into into groups in society. And I still very much so enjoy doing that now. And you know, not having that like the monetization of of making that a career yeah and, you know i I don't really lose much out of that i still I have I have very intellectual friends I'm very blessed to to have them around me and we have those conversations on a daily basis so you know me not teaching it um still definitely puts me in a place where I can engage with it
0: yeah it it really just sounds like like I said like all the opportunities they're they're there for a reason and it works out so yeah
1: yeah oh it definitely works out I mean <laughs> You just got to put yeah. your mind to it and, and kind of keep grinding away at it.
0: <laughs> I I love how you how you've embraced your journey.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so how how did playing competitive sports shape shape who you are today?
1: You know, I I have thought about that more after my career ended um, than I ever did as an athlete, as a student athlete, and an athlete. Period. Um, I am. I, I I'm a little guy. I know we haven't met in person. I'm like six, one, the most I ever weighed was 173 pounds. And I was absolutely pounding calories to get to that point. Um, but, you know, I was very much so undersized and uh, I, I I'm not going to say I didn't have success. I definitely had, you know, spurts of playing really good baseball, but you know, being around the, the guys that I grew up with, especially playing club ball, like I was never the best player on my team. I, I will confidently say that. Um, and that kind of put me in my place. Like it, it, I, I was always kind of a nose to the ground, grind it out. Um, and I kind of realized that like going into my freshman year of college, um, I played, you know, Zach Taylor was on this uh, podcast a week ago, two weeks ago to when we're recording this, you know, I never played with him, but I played in the same club program and, you know, he's a guy that won a national championship. And I played with a bunch of his teammates at, at OSU and, you know, kind of sharing the field with those guys and realizing that like, you know, I'm going to have to work my butt off just to be able to share a field with these guys. And that kind of like competitive nature uh, really drove me into, uh, into, you know, drove into my, my personal life. I'm extremely competitive. I, I love the, the competition aspect of it. And kind of like, you know, finding your little shortcomings and, and finding a way to work out of those and and make it a strength.
0: Yeah, and you've mentioned that you were um, team captain at two, two of your schools, right?
1: Yes, correct.
0: Yeah, and that says a lot about who you are. Did you ever consider being a coach?
1: Um, you know, I did it as a summer job um, back for the club program that I played for um, at Portland Baseball Club. Shout out to Joe Taylor for uh, <laughs> welcoming me onto that. Um, I coached 12 uh, year olds for three summers. Um, and it was, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. It was incredibly, it was so much more frustrating than I thought it would be. Um, you know, being so competitive, I, I wanted to win and we did not have as much success as, uh, as we expected to, you know, you're, you're dealing with 12 year olds, half of them, half of them absolutely love the game as much as you do. And the other half, you know, see a butterfly flying by, and they have, you know, every every inkling in them to to go follow it and go chase it. So that was uh that made me uh, understand that being a full time coach was not necessarily for me. I kind of uh yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted a little more than than every single kid did, which was tough to tough to manifest. But on that note, I actually helped out one of my buddies, one of my one of my high school guys that I that I played with. He took the head coaching job at the high school we graduated from. And so I was uh, his varsity assistant this spring. And um, yeah, that was, uh, it was another one of those trips. I'm, I'm definitely further away from um, my kind of, you know, all out competitive nature. And I was, I was much more tame, um, which was pretty intentional. I've been trying to get away from being, you know, just so outright competitive.
0: Yeah. And that, that takes just being like practice, being a coach right? So, from my experience is like, you know i went into um like coaching young ones expecting them all to like put in the effort that i would right and it's just not always like that um and it can be frustrating and um and and it's just like so rewarding when you do get the kid that is like putting in the work and actually getting better and yeah uh, but it's definitely a lot of work being a team
1: coach oh 100% it's it's all hours of the day
0: yeah and it's uh, afternoons evenings weekends you wouldn't be able to do your
1: camping trips no 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 and that that put a damper on it um yeah that was actually the probably the worst the hardest part it's not the worst part um my job yeah. usually starts around two in the morning and yeah. so men's baseball at our high school practices from six to eight p.m so yeah. i was running ragged like you know showing up Showing up early, staying late every once in a while, just to you know help the guys if they wanted to hit BP. It's like, all right, man, let's do it. Like, let's get some extra hacks. Then,
0: so did you like break your sleeping into two, or like how did you do this?
1: Yeah, so for for about four months, I slept in four hour increments every day. <laughs> and how was that? It was awful. I, you know, it would have been. It was. It was awful because I was consistently just. <laughs> absolutely exhausted but yeah. i i really enjoyed being around like those high schoolers like we probably had that team had two seniors and both of them had baseball offers to go to college which okay. was incredible coming from our high school um my high school was not necessarily a competitive athletic athletic school when i was there um in fact like my senior year of high school i was the only kid um, to go to school to play a sport aside from a guy that ended up walking on to play baseball um, at a junior college and didn't really see much time, but absolutely loved it. So to see like, you know, two guys just from the baseball team to like get legitimate offers and go play. And then the junior class had probably five guys that should definitely have a couple offers within the next year.
0: That is super cool to have those guys coming behind you. Yeah. Yeah bettering the sport speaking of your high school time um so you've mentioned to me you've had lots of injuries um so what were they and how did they set you back and how did you recover from them
1: yes um I think the most notable most notable ones for me have been uh, concussions I have I have had more than my fair share of concussions within baseball snowboarding basketball kind of you name it I have put my head through some through some stuff um within baseball i uh my senior year i got knocked out by a pitch that hit underneath my helmet just underneath my skull uh, um and i woke up at first base uh i think it was like three four games into my senior year so i end up waking up at first base my coach is right in front of me and he's like you all right i was like yeah man i think i'm all right i don't know <laughs> so i uh, I end up like stealing second base because I'm like at this point the headache is set in. I was like I'm just gonna I'm gonna delay steal with no one on base and just get thrown out and pull myself from the game because there's no way I'm like calling time and walking off the field. Yeah. So I end up stealing second base and the catcher bobbles it. So I get to second and I am just dumbfounded. I was like, what just <laughs> happened? <laughs> so I call time and I'm like, all right, I'm I can't do it, dude. I'm I'm out. Okay so that one that one put me out I think I sat out for like three or four weeks with like pounding headaches um I I ended up like by the by about the first or second week I couldn't really like form a sentence that was coherent and like I'm a big writer I love reading and so I was writing a paper like trying to get back into school and like none of none of my sentences made sense so Oh, it was horrifying. Like it was, it was a, that was a, a big blow to kind of my confidence and like myself um, wondering like, you know, is this going to go away? Am I going to get healthy? Yeah. Enough, I did. I was fine. I, uh, <laughs> I recovered well. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. And then I, so I come back, I get cleared to play baseball again. Um, we were in our first or second week of conference um, and I and warming up for our, like my third game back. I have a fantastic two games back. I'm feeling real pumped, real jazzed. Um, and I was catching our pregame bullpen and I end up like dislocating my knee and our trainer and the other schools trainer thought that I um, basically blew out my knee. They thought I tore ACL, PCL and meniscus. Um, cause there was, because of the dislocation, there was just no real traction. Like they didn't think that anything was stopping us. So there were no ligaments. um, and so i'm i'm literally sitting on the apron as the game starts like just sitting there just watching the game no words just have no idea what the future is going to hold i'm kind of back in that hole and so i end up going to get mris and all that stuff and i'm just 100 percent sure that i blew out my knee and i haven't told my college coaches that i already committed to so we wait for mris um, and they call me back and they're basically like hey man like uh your knee's intact you uh You effectively dislocated it and your meniscus flopped. So it was creating a little bit of extra space, which makes sense with, um, with how much, you know, wiggle there was in your knee. And I was like, that's fantastic. So they, they said that there were two minor tears in my meniscus in two different spots. And they said, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna heal fine. It seems to be setting back like you're good. If it gives you more pain, as you start to recover, we can go in there and scrape down the meniscus, kind of clean it up. Um, And you should be, you should make total fine recovery. And I was like, that's awesome. So with that news, I call my college coaches and tell them the whole thing. Um, They're like, that's great. Like, good, glad all of that. So I end up like, you know, making full recoveries from that. Um, I play that summer, um, totally fine. And then, you know, going forward, I think my junior year, I tore my MCL uh, jumping and touching a ceiling in a store (laughs) <laughs> okay. dumb yeah I landed and I was like wait what <laughs> so I basically go through the whole situation again where they're like you know this isn't MCLs aren't necessarily like super necessary for the structure of your knee um, come to find out okay yeah and there's not a lot of blood flow to that area and so if you end up getting surgery on your MCL there's not really a guarantee that um that it heals um to the extent of of what it used to be um, so, you know, they recommended like, you know, if you're in a ton of pain and it's really, really hurting, like you can get surgery and we can try to repair it and hope that that works. But, you know, just keep working out, keep doing PT. And I ended up just kind of PTing my way through that and playing that, that junior season, um, which was fine. So my knees are kind of shot. They're, uh, they're definitely hanging on by threads. I haven't had to go in and clean up my meniscuses yet, uh, okay. but that's, that's on the docket.
0: <laughs> did you, did you ever get any surgeries from those from not name? yet
1: <laughs> not yet
0: yeah no what's crazy is um one of my teammates from college uh tore her acl from a high five. Oh, so you're not the only one
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> with, with some funky injuries yeah yeah i think the last one that i have that was uh that was pretty detrimental was the uh i i pinched my sciatic nerve um while i was in junior college and that kind of four or five month stretch where i was there um, I was deadlifting and ended up pinching my sciatic nerve and it kind of caused like a muscle spasm and in, in my back. And so basically half of my back was spazzing into the other half and it was pushing my spine into a curve and yeah. my PT or I guess my athletic trainer at the school found it. And he thought that I had scoliosis because it was pushing my spine into a curve. Um, so ended up having to go get x-rays for that. Um, they found that, It was just a lot of tension. And so I missed a weekend for that and just ended up rehabbing and, you know, spending every single day in the trainer's room during the season, just trying to get mobile enough to move for a baseball game.
0: Yeah. And then you, um, you said that it
1: just kind of worked itself out. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of yoga, a lot of, uh, a lot of slower movements kind of changing the way that I worked out. I, I used to, you know, being a smaller guy, I used to try to just throw weight just to, just to kind of do it. Right. Um, just, I mean, honestly, as a super masculine energy, (laughs) as, (laughs) as we had, um, just trying to make up for being small and, you know thinking that I can throw those weights, and that definitely taught me a lot about you know how to train and how to train to actually use your body rather than just kind of be a muscle head,
0: yeah, you gotta be careful, you gotta um you know work on the strengthening you know of everything like your core and and whatever else and um i yeah, that sounds really rough. I'm sorry <laughs> that happened to you
1: no it was you know with a grain of salt it it happens for a reason,
0: yeah, um. So onto the transition out of your, um, playing sports, what was the transition out of playing competitive sports like for you and what did you do in your newfound free time?
1: Yes. Um, coming out of sports, um, we, I, you know, I came into the COVID world, so, you know, (laughs) me and my buddies, we all got PS4s and we were playing video games like every day in quarantine. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was pretty fun. I uh, I moved back home. So I uh, moved back from the far side of the country. And, uh, you know, I, I just kind of found an itch for being outside when the when the quarantine ended, we were, you know, back into the heat of summer. So we're, you know, I'm out kayaking. I ended up buying a kayak and me and a bunch of coworkers were out every day. I started getting into hiking. Um, and then that kind of turned into um, camping, which is something that, you know, me and my family did growing up quite a bit and as weird as it it sounds i i got into solo camping which is something that i still do to this day um i ended up like you know getting a new truck and outfitting that for for what it is just to sleep in it and then i just started road tripping you know i i realized that like you know living across the country i was starting to explore ohio kentucky and west virginia and i was like man dude like i'm seeing videos and pictures from oregon and like i lived there for 20 some odd years. And I, I've never even heard of this place. So I started to knock off every single thing that I could in the state of Oregon. So I think I went on like 18 solo camping trips. Um, and in, in the last, you know, what, 2021. And honestly just saw a bunch of stuff, kept myself outdoors.
0: That is super cool. And, um, just like this country is so beautiful and being able to go see it and, like picking up that kind of hobby during a time of
1: COVID is super cool. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, nothing was open. And so it was like, you know, I've never really been a big like partier. I didn't like to go out. I was still working at two in the morning. So it's not like I could, you know, go out with my friends who are, you know, we just turned 21. So they're all like going to clubs and going out and like, I was like, man, I'm just gonna, I'm going to go outside and camp and read and explore.
0: Yeah. So that was like, almost like your new, um, like thing that you put all your, your time, um, into, like, since baseball was baseball used to be the thing you put your time into. And then, you know, now it's like, I, I get to, I get to really like having that positive mindset of I get to go do these outdoor
1: activities. Right. And, and especially like doing it alone, if, if, anybody listening like has never done anything outside alone or even just like random activities like you know go out to eat alone there's a lot of like time for introspection um that's kind of what i utilize a lot of it for and what i still do it uh, why i do it to this day is just like there's so much time to kind of deep dive into like thinking about who you are why you do things how you do things and you know is that a reflection of who you are and the, the character that you hope to build
0: yeah and um i actually did the same thing in oregon was i would go hiking i actually like kind of prefer to hike by myself
1: yeah oh yeah
0: i can go at my own pace and i like you notice more things around you and um yeah i just i really enjoyed my time in oregon because of the nature and being able to um like go on walks you know by myself like i I don't know i um i i I see. I know what you're talking
1: about. Yeah, no, it's soothing. If, if anybody's experienced it, they kind of know you get that little weird itch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was one of your favorite moments while competing?
1: You know, I, my favorite, I have very like few memories of, uh, of actually playing a lot of my, a lot of my memories are more from like, you know, just hanging out with the boys and, you know, doing stupid stuff on a Tuesday night when you finish practice and you got nothing to do. Um, I think, I think one of my favorite ones was uh, we were on a road trip down to Alabama. We we're going down to Montgomery to play Faulkner and, you know, we're rolling down through snow. It's like early February. And I found out I was one of the captains and I found out that two of our freshmen um, were roommates and they were just, they hated each other. They did not enjoy each other whatsoever and so the bus driver ends up like making an intercom announcement or like a an announcement over the you know little microphone that he has and i was like hold up i've never been on a bus that has a microphone like we're doing karaoke (laughs) so we get um we get the two freshmen to stand up and sing a karaoke song and it turned into like you know, the entire bus, like we picked every single freshman to just sing their own karaoke song after, you know, the two that hated each other sang a duet. <laughs> um, and it was like, you know, a 14, 15 hour bus ride. We're watching movies, singing karaoke at like 11 at night. Um, that was a blast. Um, I think as far as playing goes, I had the uh, I had the opportunity to play like half the season with the Portland Pickles. And, you know, again, didn't really have much success in it, but absolutely loved being there. And yeah. so I ended up getting a start at, at home in Portland, and we were in front of, like, you know, 2,500, 3,000 people. They're all drinking. They're having fun. And, like, I, there was a guy that had played there last year, and his last name was Cooper. And so when they announced my name to go hit, the, like, the whole stadium, like, started chaining my name. And it was, like, I – I ended up going like two for three that day with a double. And it was just like this surreal moment where I felt like I was just like, you know, the closest thing to feeling like you're playing in the big leagues. And it was just like, that was just unreal.
0: That's super cool. Yeah. Those are a couple of really good moments. And like, like you said, there's so many moments while playing a sport and it's like a lot of positive moments. And um, I'm curious if those two freshmen, uh, like, were they, troopers in the duet
1: <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> they they loved it they they ended up like kind of figuring out why we were doing it uh, <laughs> i think they have like some girl drama that they were trying to sort themselves through so they okay. had a good time with it they they sang pretty well okay that's good <laughs> yeah they they definitely you know <laughs> that's very they,
0: that's, that's that really is hilarious um okay what advice would you give to someone who's recently done playing a sport
1: um that's a that's a fun one i i kind of like alluded to it earlier um but spend some time with yourself um a lot of your identity goes into playing a sport especially when you when you get into college ball and starting to play at you know a higher level where there's you know everybody on your team was was you know one of the top guys in their city or the the best guy at their high school it's it becomes a part of who you are and you know when you stop playing it's not necessarily true that it's not still a part of who you are, but who you are is changing and growing and adapting and, you know, understanding and being your own best friend um, as that transition goes, goes on is really important. Um, read a book, you know, if you if you get lonely about it, you know, pull up some pictures, like read old articles about yourself. But at some point, you kind of got to close the yearbook and and start to re-identify yourself.
0: Right. And it's not like, it's not like identifying with a sport is like bad. It's like, it's something, it's a part of your life. And now you have to find something else that you can pour that passion into.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's being open to like hobbies and, and new things that you never thought you'd try. Like, you know, go out and rock climb for a day. Uh, that's next on my bucket list. It's, you know, just be open to new, new opportunities, new ideas. Cause you're going to have to fill your time some way. And it yeah. might as well be doing something that you enjoy.
0: Yeah. And what advice would you give to someone who's currently playing a sport? Uh,
1: I would say I would say not dwelling on the uh, on the downs. Like you're especially like playing baseball, um, baseball and softball. Like you're you're not having success every single time you step onto a field, um, and understanding that like you know one that's a part of the journey. And to really embrace, um, the social atmosphere of playing a sport, um, especially at the collegiate level and the high school level, like, you know, go to other teams games, uh, when your teammates ask you to go out and get dinner, like go out, make yourself available and and enjoy those times. Cause like when you leave, the thing that I miss most about sports is, is the, the culture the team atmosphere, you know, having 30 odd guys that are just there to just play baseball. Like, engage with them have fun with them like don't say no i mean say no to drugs obviously let's get that on the table <laughs> but yeah. you know don't say no to like those random like 2 a.m's where like hey you want to go drive to like you know some university that's 45 minutes away and hang out with this baseball like just do it just have the fun times
0: yes safely and... yeah,
1: safely absolutely safely uh
0: yes um um i'm glad you mentioned that um spending time with the uh With your teammates because um you know it especially as a freshman it might be easy to be like oh i'm just gonna go home and see my parents for the weekend which is totally fine yeah but like i really like to encourage staying on campus for the weekend and hanging out with your teammates like that was that's huge
1: dude that so that hit a real weird memory for me at george fox we as freshmen i think we had what like we had something like 20 freshmen on the team we over recruited from for my class
0: what? um
1: yeah yeah we had a ridiculous amount of freshmen um but we all 20 of us we ate like every single meal together every single day like it was unreal the buy-in that we had like we would uh we would go out to eat together like we would all stay in like you know, we'd be packed into two dorm rooms. Like we were just always together.
0: That is commitment.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was wild. Like, you know, we didn't get along with everybody, but like they were always just still around. And like, you know, that was, it was the, the craziest team culture atmosphere. And that was big props to George Fox. Like that is something that they do so incredibly well is yeah. that culture and that team atmosphere.
0: Yes. And I just love that. And that is huge on team chemistry and a team that has good chemistry will win.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Okay, that's that's all I have. So thank you very much for being on this podcast.
1: Absolutely. Happy to be a part of it.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Spotify at OnceAnAthlete, Facebook at Once An Athlete Crew, and find our channel on YouTube, which is linked on the header of our website, www.OnceAnAthlete.com.